We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, uh, no, you can't go with what you did. I mean, you could, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to mix it up. And our plan will be the same. You know, we're gonna continue to try to uh, mix it up. And, and uh, the first thing is gonna be starting with that running game. You know, we gotta make sure we stop the run effectively. Uh, and then when we get a chance to rush the passer, which, uh, as we've seen the last few weeks, you know, we don't get many chances at it. Uh, but when we get a chance to rush the passer, we got to make sure that our rush and our coverage and our disguise is working together uh, to create some issues. Uh, and obviously with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, but I mean, they got some skill guys at receivers uh, that, that we got to address as well. So uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good challenge for us. Uh, I think our guys are excited for it. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully we, we can we can I think we will rise to the challenge. Chicago Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai speaking again, uh, this time about the Viking game on Sunday. And, you know, uh, for whatever it's worth, and again, it's certainly worth fun, guys. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, The Bears still have had the Vikings number recently. They've won five of the last seven now. It had been five of the last six prior to the game Monday night a couple weeks ago. And, And I think everybody would love to see a big day for uh, as many of the youngsters and, and, you know, whoever of the Bears as possible and and go out with a three-game winning streak. Uh, As Pat Finley was pointing out, they don't have their first-round pick, and and so if it goes lower on the Giants, too bad. (laughs) And uh, and once you get to the second round, the difference between picking, uh, you know, 36th and 39th, uh, it's a little concerning if it's Ryan Pace because he likes to do so much trading there and giving up more than he has to. Uh, But my suspicion is with how few picks they have this year that even if it's Ryan, there's not going to be a lot of trading done, and and I don't see him, uh, if he is still doing it, trading future draft capital, knowing uh, the age of his defense right now. So. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. I'm Hub Arkish here with you for another hour. My producer tonight, Studs, is here, Adam Studzinski. And uh, I do want to point out, I've, I've, I've promoted a few times now, that uh, this hour we are going to replay an interview from this morning with, with uh, David Hahn, Mike Mulligan, uh, with Arturis Karnaschovas, uh, the Chicago Bulls president of basketball operations. And, and Studs caught me. I think I called uh, Karnaschovas Arthur twice rather than Arturis. Uh, my middle son's name is Arthur, and so I do that constantly. And, and to Arturis, to, to Mr. Karnaschovitz, I do apologize. I, that, that is not uh, meant as any disrespect in any way. Uh, and, and obviously, I'm aware of one of the biggest names in basketball right now because the Bulls are one of the biggest stories in basketball. Uh, but forgive me uh, for going with my son's name instead of yours, sir. Uh, Mark, Mike is in Lombard. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Hub, great show. I'm not here to uh, bury you, but to praise you, Hub. You've always been really honest about your uh, ideas over the, call, uh, over the last couple of decades with Pro Football Weekly. Pissy comments aside about A-Rod, we know he's kind of a head case, but the last guy mentioned carrying the Packers. I just really, um, he's, he's, he's a leader. Uh, he talks in complete sentences compared to Stan Darnold, so... I do appreciate your apology, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. I do appreciate what you're doing. I know I hear you up on the dial up in Milwaukee, WTMJ. Are you going to be going back to there, or are you taking off the uh, that radio station? Hopefully not. That's all. But we do um, like you there. 
Yeah, Mike, I, 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 if you listen, you know how fond I am of the Packers organization, and I've said it here on this station. I think it's probably the best organization in football. Um, and the Packers folks and I have been talking this week, and, and uh, the relationship is great. Um, I probably uh, will not do the show this weekend. There's no upside in that. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know that that would be good for anybody at this point. Um, but, but yeah, we, we've been in conversation this week. That, those people are a class act. The, the Packers organization uh, has been outstanding. It, it's my kind of great privilege to, to get to work with them. Uh, and so I'm, I'm quite confident that we're going to be continuing to talk, uh, you know, in, in the future. I guess Mike dropped off. 312-644. I, I'm sorry, Mike, I thought you had a question uh, beyond that. I guess that was the question. Uh, 312-644-6767 is the phone number, guys. That also does get you to our text zone if you do want to text in the, uh, the, the Hyundai text zone. And it is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And there is quite a bit here. I apologize, guys, because I kept promising last night and the phone lines were so jammed, I, I didn't get to the number of you, and, and, and forgive me for that. Um, but uh, let me see here. Um, uh, something... Well, no, I don't want to go there. I'm sorry. It's nice to me, but it's just it's not really fair to Rogers, and we're certainly not looking uh, to do that. Um, uh, it would be wise to make the rest. Yeah, uh, in response to Steve's call of a couple of minutes ago, a text here from the 630 area code, uh, Hub, a way to help the football situation quality-wise would be to make the rosters even bigger if they want to add more games, if they want, uh, you know, what we're doing with, with uh, running backs now. Um, you know, it may not be a bad idea to make the rosters bigger, uh, particularly with the COVID situation and all that's going on, but you would think that the guys you would be adding, if they were better or as talented as the guys who are already on rosters, would be on rosters or on practice squads. So, um, you know, it's an interesting suggestion in terms of dealing with, uh, you know, all the difficulties that everybody is having due to, due to COVID um, and due to the, the rise of injuries in the NFL as well. But to Steve's point, simply about the competitive balance and, and the quality of play, uh, I don't know uh, how much that would matter. We, we have another text here from the 815 area code. Hey, Hub, you see Kellen Moore getting a head coaching job in the NFL soon. That's from Mike in Peru, Illinois. You know, Kellen Moore has been an interesting subject because he was hot the first half of the season. Then the Cowboys offense kind of went in the tank. They lost three straight. Then they bounced back and won three straight, and they had the 56-pointer against Washington, and everybody thought all was well. Um, and now, you know, last week they, they get upset at home, and the offense just is not clicking again, you know. And, and so um, I don't uh, I don't know about Kellen Moore. I, I, you know, he's one of those guys, Mike McCarthy is an offensive coach, got his jobs in, in, in Green Bay and Dallas because he was a very successful offensive coordinator. Uh, I'm sure he has some input. Dak Prescott is an elite quarterback. I was very slow to that, that bandwagon, I will admit. I, I, I've had my doubts. But I think watching him this year, particularly the difference in the offense when he's there and when he's not, um, you have an elite quarterback that sometimes covers up things that the offensive coordinator may or may not be getting right. And, and so um, uh, I think Kellen Moore may be a year away. You know, he'll, he'll probably get some interviews. Guys, the big question, how many jobs are there going to be? Because right now it is the Raiders in Jacksonville. Uh, we assume the Bears job is likely to open up. 
the other three that people talk about, at least in terms of coaches on the hot seat uh, right now, seem to be uh, in Minnesota with Mike Zimmer, in Carolina with Matt Rule, um, uh, and then Joe Judge in New York. But but the indications I'm hearing from sources out there is that that, that Judge and, and, and Rule probably are better than 50-50 to get at least one more year. And in the Mike Zimmer case, uh, you know, they're very unhappy, um, but there is some question as to how much of it is coaching. He is popular with the Will family and, and with Rick Spielman, and I think he's got three years left on his contract. And so if there are only three or four head coaching jobs open and you look at some of the experienced veteran guys in the market, I'll be stunned if Todd Bowles doesn't get a job. He should get a job. I think he is the best candidate out there. I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Doug Peterson is at least going to interview for all these jobs, if not get one of them. And then there continues to be a lot of talk about Jim Caldwell, and Jim Caldwell could be a very good fit in Jacksonville. It's not inconceivable that those three guys could get the only three open jobs if that's where we end up. And then if you start looking at some of the young uh, hot prospects. I'm I'm not in, in in the you know Brian Dable's the next Sean McVay camp, but but a lot of people who I respect still are very high on Brian Dable. I think Nathaniel Hackett and the job he's done with Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. Now again, you worry how much of that is Matt Lafleur, just like you worried how much of Matt Lafleur was Sean McVay, and you see what Matt Lafleur has done. So uh, I think Nathaniel Hackett will have fewer doubters. Uh, than possibly you know McVeigh or some of these other young coaches that need a couple more years before they get their jobs. So um, you know there's at least five or six names that that probably fall in line um, uh, ahead of Kellen Moore. And then of course Eric Bieniemy and Dave Tobe, two guys off the Kansas City staff. I, I think Dave Tobe would make an excellent head coach. And, and I'll be really disappointed if he doesn't at least get a few interviews. And then Eric Bieniemy. He's paid his dues. Um, he's entitled to get a shot, but I think that that you know, unfortunately, and and it's not Matt Nagy's fault, but he may suffer a little bit from Matt Nagy disease. If if you know where I'm going there, um, you know, Matt was the hot young guy and came to Chicago and got off to a great start and kind of has gone either stood still or gone backwards the last three years. And a lot of people point to the fact that, you know, everybody loved him because he was Andy Reid's guy, but he got here and he wasn't Andy Reid. As, as Greg Gabriel pointed out last night, you may have the same situation with Eric Bieniemy. So it's going to be a popular name, but whether he gets a job or not, I, I just don't know. Let's get out to Antioch and welcome Mike into the show. Mike, how you doing? Hey. I've got to tell you, I've, I've, I've listened to you for years. I, I think you're definitely an analyst. I don't always agree with you, but you definitely analyze things, and I like that free thinking. My point in calling today is I it saddens me what's happening to the Bears, and I'll tell you why. They're talking about changing the stadium. They're talking about changing their coach. I mean, you you got to think of this like a farmer. You know, when you plant the seed, you don't plow it over after a couple months if it doesn't sprout. It it might be a different seed. The point I'm trying to make is the Bears are the Bears. And if you're going to be leading the Bears, they should keep Nagy. They should keep Justin Fields and dig in your heels and bear down. This is you got to rediscover what the Bears are made of and look back to the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s and, and put that in your heart. And that's where the organization's going to 
have success in the future. That's my. Mike, let, let me ask you a quick question. Don't 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 hang up on me because I, I I'm not going to argue with you or dispute what you're saying. I mean, I, I think there's you know there's some validity or at least I'm interested in your point. But why is Matt Nagy connected to that? I mean, I think your focus is on the Bears rediscovering the Chicago Bears and and playing Bears football, much like what happened when Mike Ditka came to town. I love Matt. I, I will not be upset or disappointed if he gets another year. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't believe that, that he I, I do understand why it might be time and wise to make a change. But I don't believe he deserves nearly the grief that he gets. And, and so I, I wouldn't personally have a problem with some other changes with him getting another chance. But I'm, I'm curious as to why you connect him to this idea of rediscovering the Bears legacy. I think this is a self-esteem issue. I think he needs support. I think the fans have a self-esteem issue. And, and you got to rediscover that in yourself. I mean, when, when you're bullied as a kid, what do you do? You, you, you don't come home, go home crying to mom. You, you start to think, well, you know, this is my life. This is my journey. I'm going to stand up for myself. I wish the Bears and the Bears organization would get together and say, look, this is about our journey. This is a self-esteem issue. We need to say, you know, instead of being so self-critical, start to look at the positives and build on those. I think this is entirely psychological and a self-esteem. The skilled players are there. Justin Fields could be a great quarterback in five years. This is, to me, a self-esteem issue. Mike, I, I thank you for the call, and, and, and I can't really debate you. I don't agree with you. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think it's more than that. I, I don't agree that the skill position players are there at all. Uh, you know, you're going to lose, it seems almost certainly, Allen Robinson, and even if you don't, Allen's going to be 29, and I think going into his ninth year, they've got to get better in a number one receiver and probably three and four. They need more depth at tight end. We don't know who Justin Fields is. They've got to get much better at cornerback. Uh, they, you know, there is the defensive line is fascinating because when you look at Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols and Eddie Goldman and possibly, you know, the future uh, of, of a Kairos Tonga, you, you would be excited. But Akeem's going to be 33, and it seems highly unlikely he's going to be back. Eddie Goldman has struggled this year, and there's a chance with his contract he won't be back. And Bilal Nichols is a free agent. They may have to rebuild an entire defensive line. Roquan Smith is one of the best inside linebackers in football, but I don't think Danny Trevathan is going to be back, and, and Alec Ogletree may not be, and if he is, that's on his last leg. So you got to find another starting inside line. I mean, there's a lot of pieces that need to be added here. Uh, now, I do think that it could be a reboot. I think enough could be done in one off season if it's all done well that they could be a playoff contender again. Probably, I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team. That depends on who Justin Fields becomes. But, but it, it's, it's, you know, your, your take on, you know, playing bare football and, 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 you know, ways to approach it is fine. But, but the problems with the Bears are a lot more than, than just self-esteem. So uh, let's get one more in before we have to break again. Dave has dialed us up from Hammond. Dave, how you doing out in Indiana? Hello. How you doing, Hub? I'm good, thank you. Hi. I was wondering if there's a difference when you think about a most valuable player or the player of the year. Who's the best player of that year? Or subjectively thinking, who's more valuable to a team? You know, Dave, I, I think that's a great question, and, and I can only give you my answer. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that we're asked as, as being the 50 selectors at AP 
is to rely on you know experience and and whatever you know wisdom is gained to to be as as objective and subjective as we can be and and so i go to the to, to the the titles that you just threw out the best player of the year well that can come off the stat sheet you know i mean when, when you see a guy uh, jonathan taylor who's probably going to have 2000 yards rushing and how rarely that happens and realize that there's no way that the Colts are a playoff team without him, um, you know, you can make the argument that, yeah, it's easy, there's him. The Cooper Cup and the numbers that he's put up. I'm surprised that, that nobody talks about, um, you know, Joe Burrow a little bit more and what he's done for Cincinnati. And you have to look at Aaron Rodgers uh, under that definition, best player. The problem with that is that Rodgers' stats aren't what people think they are. You know, there's this perception of what A-Rod does for the Packers that they'd be a, a, a mediocre team without him. That may or not be true. I think the talent around him is better than I realized and better than a lot of other people realize. Um, but but you, you could put him in that argument. But now when you talk about most valuable that's different because most valuable, you know, stats are nice, but but you can't really sum up the word value or valuable just by using statistics. The guy who puts up the best numbers. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think the league acknowledges that there's a difference, and that's why we give both a most valuable player and pick an offensive player of the year and a defensive player of the year. So, yeah, there, there clearly is a difference. And, 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 you know, that's where this whole conversation starts is how do you determine, uh, you know, what is your, 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 your criteria for, for value, for valuable. Um, and, and it's why there are different awards given uh, to, to your point. So uh, 312-644-6767. We're take a quick break. We're going to get a few more calls in. Then we'll have to take one more break. And then we get to Arturo Konashovas. Uh, so lots of Bears, NFL, and Bulls coming for you. You've got it right here at 670, the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I feel like for me, I want to I want I want to be better. So I want those around me to be better. So, I mean, for me, I just want to try to bring guys along the best way I can um, and even have guys push me and be my best version of myself as well. So, I mean, I'm I'm big on everybody being on the same page and pushing each other to be better. Chicago Bears second year cornerback Jalen Johnson, who has been everything they hoped when they used the 50th pick in the NFL draft for him last season uh, has really developed nicely this year has a chance to be a, a lockdown cover corner if he continues to improve uh, we will get back to the phone lines and get out to Roselle where Joe is on the line Joe how you doing um, I'm doing well how are you I'm good thank you how about I gotta say I've, I have all the respect for you in the world because you're oh, standing you. up for what you had said the other day so thank you for that thank you I listened to you a lot, and I thought I heard you say at the beginning of the year you would take the Bears roster over the Packers roster, or was that after the Packers lost to the Saints? Um, well, either way, I, I mean, what I said at the, during the offseason at the beginning of the year 
is I would take the next 52 on the Bears roster over the Packers roster. But no, I, I would not take the Bears roster over the Packers roster if Aaron Rodgers was on the Packers roster. I mean, you know, whatever this, this silliness is about awards, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's the reason the Packers are in the playoffs every year. And, and the Packers definitely have a better roster than the Bears if he is on it. Now, if you take all the quarterbacks off and then go position by position coming into the season, you know, with a healthy Khalil Mack, with Allen Robinson not missing half the season, uh, uh, what did Eddie Jackson miss, three or four games? You know, everybody has injuries. I'm just saying roster comparisons. Yeah, I did say that I thought the Bears had better, you know, talent, uh, better top-end talent and better depth, 52 deep, uh, but not including the quarterbacks. Okay, and I respect that. So how could I take you seriously with your comments about Aaron Rodgers? How could you take me seriously? With the comment about the Bears roster over the Packers roster. Well, you know, again, Joe, unfortunately, and I'm sure this is going to sound like I'm going to cop out, but if you're listening, you know, I just I can't have this conversation with you right now because of the damage that's already been done. Um, and I'm afraid the best answer I can give you is you don't have to take me seriously if you don't Good. want, but you're, you're going back six months now or, or four months or whatever it may be, uh, and we're talking about a different evaluation at a different time. I, I, I guess I will say, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, um, but when you look at the development of some of these players with the Packers this year, that I, I, obviously you're a Packers fan, I, I think that a lot of people were ready to quit on Rashawn Gary. Uh, he has become a difference maker on defense now. I actually loved A.J. Dillon, but he hadn't done anything yet. Uh, the depth that they've shown on the offensive line, you know, most people don't even know who these guys' names are. Uh, and so it, it is a very different situation right now. But um, uh, listen, I appreciate your call and fair question. Um, and I hope people, you know, will, will accept what I've tried to be really honest about, I just I can't have that conversation after the mess that I made earlier this week. Uh, but I promise you, if you want to check back, uh, you know, about what it'll be three, four weeks once the awards are given, then I'm free to talk about it. And I'm happy to, to discuss it and analyze it with you any way you'd like. Uh, let's get to um, G, who's up in Beverly. G, how you doing? Do I have that right? Is it Hello? G? Hello? Yes. Hi, I'm Hi. here. How you doing? I'm great. You? Good, thank you. What can I do for you? Okay, uh, uh, Hub. Um, look, I'm a Bears fan, okay? So let's, let's, let's just establish that. And I said to myself at the beginning of the year that I thought I thought this was going to be a lost year. I, I thought it was going to be a lost year because I know they were going to try to uh, put fields in there some kind of way, and the offensive line was not conducive to a rookie quarterback. That was that was just by fact. Mm-hmm. And also, Nagy's offense. Do we really know what his offense is? I mean, because he 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 runs away from the run. He loves to pass the ball. He ignores his tight end. And some of his play calling is just out there. So that's why I knew this was going to be a rough year all the way around. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and my last point I'd like to make, if you allow me, is where does Cohen fit going next year? And can we possibly get Hicks back on some incentive-laden contract since we know he has a propensity to miss games? And I'd just like to say thank you. Let me me, uh, rant and uh, keep doing what you're doing. 
Thank you, Gia. I appreciate it. Let, let me answer what I can for you. I, you know, Tariq Cohn is, it's a tremendous disappointment to everybody and, and a bit of a mystery. You know, we just don't know. You know, if you'd have told me at the start of the year he was going to miss the entire season, I, I would have been extremely surprised. And, 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 you know, we asked Matt about him as recently as a couple of weeks ago, and he said he's working hard. He's in the room every day. And, and for whatever reason, he hasn't been ready. Um, there was a report that he may have needed a second cleanup procedure uh, in February. And that was never verified or not. Um, but, but, you know, ACLs, and he had a complete tear. And it was week three of last season. And I believe, you know, you wait for the swelling to go down. But I think the surgery was still um, in, in mid to late October. And so, you know, you say 12 to 15 months for a complete recovery. And so that would have at least had him back at mid-season or, or, you know, four or five weeks ago, and it hasn't happened. And, and so I think it has to be a tremendous concern. Where does he fit? Um, if he is Tariq Cohn again, any team is going to find a place for him. He, he was, he was a, you know, all pro kick returner, uh, kick and punt returner, mainly punts, but could do kicks as well, uh, can play running back, can line up in the slot at receiver. Uh, they're, they're obviously very deep at running back. Well, I shouldn't say very deep. I, Damian Williams, I wouldn't think, is going to be back after a one-year contract with the way Khalil Herbert uh, has developed, unless Williams wants to come back on a, on a minimum you know, scale deal, which I, I, well, maybe. I don't know if he's going to have a big market. Um, but you find a place for, for a Tariq Cohn. As far as Akeem Hicks, uh, I love Akeem. Uh, he's one of my favorite people I've worked with in the last six years that he's been here in Chicago. Um, for whatever reason... The relationship went south during this past off season. It was obviously over his desire to have a new contract. Who was right? Who was wrong? I, gee, I can't even guess. I don't know. I do know the negotiations got unpleasant, uh, um, at least from Akeem's perspective. And, and he didn't get any ever. I don't even know if they ever offered him a deal because they didn't have to. There was no reason to redo the deal. Um, you know, not a lot of 32-year-old defensive tackles who had had injury problems prior to this year are able to negotiate new multi-year deals, and that's what he wanted. But when I asked him about it a few weeks ago and said, is there any chance that you would still consider, you know, coming back with the Bears next year? He said, you know, honestly, I have to, to, to get to the offseason, and in January I want to think about it. So he said he wants to think about it, G, but the fact that he has to think about it suggests to me that he's kind of been focused on, on, on looking elsewhere first. Uh, you know, as far as your comments on Matt's offense, I, I think the, the best I can say is to one of your first points, we don't really know what it is. And that's probably why he's going to lose his job, because after four years, we don't really know. I, I don't think it's fair, uh, the comments about the run game. Um, it took them a long time, but they've actually been one of the better running teams in the league this year. So they're, they're using the run now, and yet the offense still struggles. So um, uh, eventually, if in fact Matt is gone, that's, that's going to be the epitaph is, uh, you know, he, he couldn't figure out himself what the offense needed to be. So yet one more, and then we're going to break. We're going to hear from Mr. Karnaschovitz, but I want to get to Wayland, who's in Roseland. Wayland, how you doing? Thanks for calling. Good good evening, Hub. Uh, thanks for being a man apologizing. I don't think it's uh, it's more, more do about nothing, and you've evaded into it sort of kind of. In any case, this is my thing. I think, I'm, I think the Bears are not going to do the right thing. They're going to keep pace. If you get rid of Nagy and keep pace, it, it, it's, it's going to be more of the same. They need to do like the Bulls and completely clean house. The Bulls are turned around overnight. Look, I like Pace. I like Nagy. I like Paxson. But the, the teams are stagnant with those guys. 
Wayland, I, I think it's extremely fair analysis, you know, and, and it's, it's why, uh, or I should say it's what a lot of people are expecting. I, I think the one place that it, that it could be done differently and still be successful is I, I think Ryan is a much better evaluator than he gets credit for, and I think there are other skills behind the scenes that, that as fans and sometimes media we're not even aware are necessary, let alone can we evaluate. Um, and, and so I don't know that Ryan is a complete failure and that you need to move on, but I don't see him as a, a president of football operations overseeing all decisions salary cap-wise, draft-wise, free agency-wise, um, really taking control of the talent as opposed to these great collaborations that he and Matt have had. Now, Matt has a reputation of a pretty good eye for talent, actually, but still, that, that's not the way the successful organizations run. There is a top football guy, and if the Bears were to go outside and find somebody capable of that job, I would prefer to let him decide if he thinks Ryan Pace still has a place here or not, because I do think that Ryan is a better evaluator than he gets credit for. Um, uh, and, and so under those circumstances, I could see it, but to just, uh, say, you know, we're, we're staying status quo with the way the, the front office is set up and, and, and we're going to now go out and have Ryan hire another head coach. Um, I, I think that Wayland, you are probably right to be concerned about that. And I think most Bears fans would be, and that's, that's, yeah, that's mostly what we're hearing right now. So, guys, I promised uh, this interview with Arturis Karnaschovitz because I think it's a, it's a must-lift, and we don't get to hear from him all that often, and the Bulls are, are arguably the biggest story in the NBA right now. So we are going to take a very quick break here. When we get back, you will hear Arturo Karnaschovitz with Mike Mulligan and David Haw this morning, and then I'll have a few minutes to, to put a wrap on things and, and talk to you guys before we say goodnight. So stay right where you're at. We're back in just a moment with a special interview with the president of basketball operations for the Chicago Bulls. In play, the DeRozan spins far quarter for the win. Got it again! DeMar DeRozan, Happy New Year! Back-to-back game winners! DeMar DeRozan from the left corner has won the ball game for the Bulls! Onions, baby onions! Bulls win! Bulls win! Bulls win! 120 to 119! Are you flat out kidding me? DeMar DeRozan! I love you. I'd say Swirsk loves DeMar DeRose, and I think everybody in Chicago does right now. As a matter of fact, uh, everybody loves the Chicago Bulls team, the Eastern Conference first place Chicago Bulls. Uh, I, I, I apologize a second time to Arturis Karnaschovas. I, 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 I had him as Arthur, which is my son's name, and of course it's Arturis. And I think I, I promoted him. I was calling him president of basketball operations. As you just heard, executive vice president of basketball operations for the Chicago Bulls. And they are just the best story in sports right now in Chicago um, and, and probably the biggest story in the NBA. Uh, Arturis Karnaschovas does not do a lot of media, but did visit this morning with our very own Molly and Haw. It is really worth a listen. Uh, so sit back and enjoy as Mike and, and David talk some basketball with Mr. Karnaschovas. We are uh, really, really enthused and excited about the Bulls and about talking to uh, AK. Good morning, AK. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year. Well, I, you know, I want to talk to you about New Year's because uh, I, <laughs> I I had the whole crew home. You know, everybody's everybody's home. We're all sitting around. We watched the first uh, DeMar DeRozan game, right, the first three-point shot. We all jumped up and went crazy in the house. And then the next night, 
here, you know, here we are. It's New Year's. Now it's, it, it's you know, another year, and the same thing happens. And, again, my whole crew is jumping up and down. I got three kids, my wife. We're, we're going nuts. What was it like for you? Did you were you were you with the family? Were you there? What I mean, how did you react to those two games? What an extraordinary turn of events! <laughs> uh, two amazing games. Uh, I was with my family, and I was watching uh, uh, the game, and it was just incredible uh, ending in both. Uh, and what Demar did at the end of the games so was just uh, incredible to do that back to back. So, Terrence, here we are, the Bulls 25-10, and 10, uh, number one seed in the East as things stand uh, this morning. The excitement in town, as we alluded to, is palpable. What is the element of this Bulls team, this Bulls roster, that you are proudest of at this stage of the season? Well, a lot of players actually, you know, that, you know, on the roster, they they definitely play well. Um, the guys that we've probably didn't think going to be in rotation or in rotation. I think what uh, DeMar and Zach uh, are doing is incredible. Uh, and obviously Nicola and just uh, what, you know, the, the new signings like Lonzo and Alex uh, have done uh, in terms of, you know, just adding defensive components to the group. Uh, and so what I'm just waiting is obviously to get um, AC and Javante back and see if we can have some kind of continuity uh, with the same guys uh, for extended period of time. Because during this year, obviously, it's up and down with the COVID protocols and a couple injuries. Uh, we've, been, we've not been able to, uh, to have our full roster. But so it's uh, all league. So we kind of staying patient and we're waiting for that moment that you can have like continuity a little bit uh, with uh, full roster availability. If that happens, when that happens, are you done? And is this the group that you think is good enough to contend? Do you want to watch what happens with this group or are you always trying to get better? And are you eyeballing that trade deadline and thinking I can make this move? I can make that move. Are you, are you, uh, are you done with this particular group and you want to see them go or are you, are you concerned about trying to add more? Well, you know, I, I like this group. I like this group a lot. Um, like I said, you know, we we competing right now this season. Uh, it's a new group, right? So, uh, you know, teams that are close by, like, you know, Brooklyn's and Milwaukee's and Phillies, they, they have their group for, you know, two or three years at least. And we have this group for three months. So, we're still learning. We're still um, adjusting, and I like this group a lot. Uh, the mental toughness. A lot of games that we came back, we didn't uh, didn't fold. So, but at the same time, we're also open to uh, any you know kind of possibilities, and we will listen. However, like I said, you know, I uh, I love this group of guys. I think we wondered in Chicago when you arrived, what you would value most in a player, what traits that you would try to uh, evaluate and fill your roster with. So now that we have seen a roster full of guys who have come together, the guys you've drafted or, or brought to town, 
and, and it has come together very quickly. How would you describe what's your criteria for what makes an ideal Chicago Bulls player? Well, we, we kind of, you know, nobody expected us to be a defensive team. Um, and we kind of started the year um, with tough defense and tough mentality. We were, for most of the year, we were in top 10 in both, in offense and defense. Uh, the last eight games that we went 8-0, and no, uh, we were number one offense in the league, but our defense slipped. And, for, you know, for some obvious reasons, you know, we were missing Lonzo and we were missing Alex and Javante, and those guys are, you know, with defensive mind. But I think I think we like uh, to see how this group works together. And we got to be really sensitive uh, to to any changes, if any, uh, we will have. And uh, like I said, you know, these guys, great locker room right now, great vibe. They like each other. Um, so it's it's it, you know it's it's a joy to watch what they're doing on the floor. Uh, but of course, there's you know there's room to improve as a group. Uh, and I'm looking forward to watching them uh, because there's uh, clusters of schedule uh, coming up that are really tough, and uh, we'll you know we'll try to get through them. So I remember reading a story that when Kobe White came in as a uh, as a rookie, he actually uh, Zach Levine picked up on some of the footwork he was using, and he adapted that to sort of his step back jumper. And you know, I think that's fascinating, the idea that a rookie can help a veteran player improve his game. Now we see DeMar DeRozan come in, and we see him, you know, the way he plays that mid-range jumper game is extraordinary. And I saw Kobe a couple times, you know, kind of turn, cut, and and make what I like to call the DeRozan shots, right? So I'm just wondering, yeah. how much of that do you see? How much of these guys – are learning from each other, and is that what you mean when you talk about how, how you haven't been together for a long time? Yes, and, you know, even, you know, in practice, this interaction, you know, those guys are really close. You know, guy that we haven't talked uh, yet is obviously Kobe and him coming back from injury, uh, you know, again, uh, getting COVID and then coming back. It's, it hasn't been easy, but it's been really productive and a huge part of our success in, you know, in, in these games. Um, so I think, I think those guys you know, come to practice and come to AC every day uh, to learn from each other, and they're open-minded. So it's, it's, it's a great group. Arturis, much was, has been made of, of how DeMar DeRozan has proven doubters wrong. All of the people that thought he wouldn't fit with Zach Levine and wouldn't be a guy that could function in, in this offense – Going back to last summer, when you made the deal to acquire him, how aware were you of that kind of skepticism, and has he exceeded even your expectations? Well, I was aware of skepticism because I heard, obviously. Um, but, you know, when we, you know, went after DeMar, I think we, 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 we were looking forward to getting, uh, you know, exactly what we're getting right now in terms of besides, you know, Scoring, he's also another playmaker. And thinking that we had enough players uh, that can shoot the ball, 
it's it, it would be a really good fit. Uh, so it actually worked out really well. Um, um, I mean, you know, the, the way they, you know, Demore and, and Zach uh, share kind of being playmakers uh, for this team and and just the way this team fits with uh, all the players with certain, uh, you know, char- characteristics, you know, from defense to three-point shooting. You know, like we, we, we don't take a lot of three-point shots, uh, but we're one of the best teams actually making them. Um, we also um, – best free throw uh, shooting team in the league. So there, there's a lot of good things uh, going on. Um, the one thing that we obviously would like to, to do is to get back to our uh, defensive uh, ways. Um, it's been a little bit slipping, but we still have time and we have room to improve. It, it's so much fun uh, to kind of try to read you through the players that you acquire. So, like, you know, you draft – Patrick Williams, and we're all talking about, huh, what, you know, what does that mean? Garrett Temple is brought in. Well, that's an interesting pick. Look at how he plays. I think we're, we're always trying to read it. And, you know, you draft Io DeSumo, and, you know, we all knew, watched his career and saw him play at Illinois. I don't know that there, were a lot, there was a lot of belief that, that he was going to fit in the way he's fit in. But that's kind of – I guess my question is, how much does character matter? You talk about the great character you have with these guys, and you've brought in, you know, Alex Caruso leads the league in floor burns, right? A guy like Lonzo, I, I could watch him throw a lob pass for a living, just not even worry about anything else. It's, it's kind of extraordinary, the, co- the combination of the group. Was character like a number one thing you're looking at? Number one, I don't know, but it's very important because – you know, I've, I've referred to, to the locker room and I've, I've referred to guys liking each other. Uh, it, it's important to us. And, you know, once we obviously got I.O., um, our expectations, you know, were, you know, gradually maybe he's going to figure it out and, you know, how to play in the league and did not expect that he's going to be figured out that quick. Uh, and now he's getting uh, tough assignments on defense, and you know is is contributing to 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 a lot of our wins and energy. Um, so it's it's been a great surprise, and obviously we uh, we enjoy watching Io. Arturis, last month the league denied the Bulls' request for an injury exemption in relation to Patrick Williams with the, the mm-hmm. wrist dislocation. D- does that mean there's an expectation he'll be back sooner rather than later, or how much are you counting on any contribution from Patrick Williams this season? Well, Patrick is, is, is coming back, you know, in terms of slow, you know, slowly, and schedule is, is, is kind of like uh, to be determined. Uh, we're not going to put any pressure for him to come back. We're just going to go from week to week. Uh, we'll see how he improves. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, uh, we'll see in terms of uh, date. I do not want to put any uh, uh, timeline on it. Uh, but, you know, it would be great to get uh, uh, Patrick back by the end of the uh, season. You know, we were talking earlier about um... – just what appointment television it is that the the Bulls have become a team that you want to sit in front of, you want to watch, and there's an unbelievable entertainment value. You know, it's kind of off the charts. Do, do, 
Is that by design? And I, and I, I know that sounds like a crazy question. What I mean is – your style of basketball is a very attractive one. I think it's fun to watch uh, your old team play. It's really fun to watch this team play. Is that just when you get a team playing together, it becomes that much more exciting to watch? Or or did you know that, that this was going to be this kind of thing? Well, there's a lot of things to, to like about this team. And Billy has done a tremendous job uh, with these guys and the, the communication level. Um, honesty, um, and I think this group is buying in uh, to what we're trying to do and what you know Billy's preaching. So it's it's great to watch the growth of this team, and um, you know, like I said, you know this team is is is, is still getting better, and this uh, fan base obviously deserve uh, this quality team uh, and. Like I said, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to like this team and because of the character uh, of, of the group. And hopefully we can keep this up and, uh, in, the, in the next uh, couple months and uh, stay the course and, you know, and uh, make some noise. Our tourists with 15 players, I think it is, who have gone through COVID protocols or missed time because of COVID. Even Billy Donovan, uh, the head coach, missing some time, five games. How would you describe the challenge that has been to navigate? And in, in some ways, the fact that you guys are where you are despite all of that, is that one of the reasons when, when players talk about this team, you hear the word resilient come up as often as we do? Yes, so the good thing is that we're running out of bodies to infect, so that's a good thing. So everybody's been through it. Uh, but, yeah, it's been uh, interesting. Uh, every morning you wake up and, and there's either somebody else or and, and you start working on certain adjustments, you know, how many uh, players you have for practice, how many players you have for the game, uh, do you need to add someone, hardship additions. It's just been really hectic, uh, but so has been for every team in the league. I think we were uh, one of the first ones to go through it uh, and experience it. Um, you know, I, I was getting calls from other teams, and you know, with you know, to kind of share experiences early because it's something that has never been, you know, we've never been through this. Um, you know. Constantly, certain rules are changing in terms of adding players or hardship, and so it's been uh, interesting uh, days um, on a daily basis. You just wake up and you find out, you know, somebody else's uh, in protocols. So it's been it's been tough, but again, it's been the league, it's been every team. So for everyone, it's it's been a tough year. Arturis, thank you. Thank you for uh, jumping on with us, and thank you for putting this team together, and thank you for saying that you're not going to settle for mediocrity here. It's, it's been wonderful to watch. <laughs> thank you, and uh, have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Arturis. Appreciate it. That is Molly Haw and Chicago Bulls Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Arturis Konoshovitz. We are out of time this evening. 
Uh, I thank you all so much for being with you, uh, being with me. I apologize. Uh, my guest this evening, Patrick Manley from the Chicago Sun-Times. Studs is here. Adam Studzinski, one of the best producers uh, in the biz, uh, always makes a great show. And Studs, thank you so much for all you do. Guys, the uh, CBS Sports Radio Network is next. Stay right where you are for the best sports talk in town. You've got 670 to score. Yeah, bills lose. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.